A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello, you are listening to The Chaser Report with Charles and Dom, or Dom and Charles. I haven't quite remembered which order we're doing it in. I'm Lachlan, and a happy King's birthday to you. I almost said Queen's, but it's not her birthday because she's dead. Gonna do things a little differently today to usual when I don't have an episode. Instead of just replaying an old episode of The Chaser Report. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a teaser of the shot podcast, something that we've got cooking up, and then another teaser of something that we're working on in Welcome to the Future. Now, they're just teasers because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit, but I'm not going to finish. I mean, like, I'm not going to satisfy you to completion. Does that make sense? It means exactly what I need that to mean. (laughs) Oh, this is a mess. First up, what I'm going to play is something that I'm actually really quite excited to share with you. Podcasting is such a versatile medium in that you can have anything from interviews to sketches to well-produced audio stories. And admittedly, we don't really do highly produced audio stories or, or, or readings on The Chaser Report, but The Shot features amazing writings from incredible authors and writers every single week. So we've decided we're going to start recording those readings and then producing them, putting a little sound bed, giving you a bit of spice, something to enjoy. We've got one of those coming out later this week on The Shot podcast, and you're going to listen to a little of it and hopefully go and follow. So... Without any further wasting time on my end, this reading here is by Dave Milner for his article that was released on June 2nd, 2023. It's called The Poison in Australia's Bloodstream. Take it away, Dave. I carry with me the fuzzy cognitive dissonance of a white man educated in a settler colony. An old land with new rulers, an imperial outpost trying to be better, more inclusive and kinder, but refusing to go to therapy, refusing to listen, refusing to admit there might indeed be some unreconciled structural hurt surrounding a certain genocide and dispossession situation. Australia's what racism brigade only ever a dog whistle away from the culture war's front lines. I was booing Adam Goods because he plays for Sydney. Stan Grant was being disrespectful to the monarchy that sought to conquer and wipe out his people. Yasmin can say what she wants about refugees, but not on Anzac Day, it's disrespectful. Passes out in the gutter after drinking since 5am. The fact you want race recognised in the constitution means it's you that is the racist. At school I was taught a mishmash of contradictory truths that I've spent my adult life slowly becoming aware of, questioning, and now seeking to unlearn. None of us love recognizing when we have been deceived, when malicious half-truths have been planted and harvested in our souls over unexamined decades, but it happens to every single one of us. I was taught Captain Cook discovered Australia after a very long, very impressive boat ride. As a child, I saw him as a man of adventure, a dashing explorer with an iconic vessel, my pliable young mind routinely confused with the USS Enterprise. At the same time, I was told Aboriginal people were here before Cook's discovery possibly for tens of thousands of years even, a feat my formal education considered a lesser achievement than the very long boat ride. 
I held both these histories together at the birth of my settler brain, a mind at odds with itself, wanting racism to vanish from the country, but also falling into the supremacist trap of not seeing it when it's smack bang the fuck in front of my face. Like how on a cold afternoon at the MCG when I, a preteen at this point, a guest in the Toffee MCC stand, sat behind four well-dressed and obnoxious young men, clearly private school boys destined for the Liberal Party or the riveting world of investment banking. As they calmly offered casually racist commentary of the footy match unfolding, and how hundreds of people within earshot didn't say a fucking thing about it over the course of many hours. It's easier, more comfortable not to notice, to cling onto the privilege of pretending, and denial is a force powerful enough to bend reality, you know? Of course you know you live here. Whatever lesson I learned that day was embedded deeper when football commentator and television fish fondler Rex Hunt described Collingwood's Leon Davis as being as black as a dog. And again, further, when Eddie Maguire said Adam Good should play the role of King Kong in a theatre production on Collins Street, presumably for a packed guffawing audience of white people. Hunt's explanation at the time was a pure mask-off moment. Oh, I stuffed it up. I'll have a rest. I knew it was going to happen. The fuck? He knew it was going to happen because in much of Australia, during much of my existence, it has been extremely normal for successful mainstream Australian people to talk like this, more often than not without serious consequence and with mesmerised complicity and silence from witnesses. The fuzziest portion of my map of Australia's past is what happened at the end of these very long, very impressive boat rides. After the landing, what is now Sydney chapter, but before the hills, hoist pavlovas and farlap portions of the story. I was taught that the English brought civilization and law, and alcohol and diseases with them, and that the locals just couldn't handle their booze or smallpox. I was not taught that the First Fleet arrived with bayonets and rifles, not just to use on the conflicts, and that the entire continent is, from the grasslands of Victoria to the Blue Mountains of New South Wales to the Dead Heart Red Centre to the jungles along our jagged northern coast, stained with massacre after massacre of indigenous peoples. And because of the half-truths I learned while growing up, despite now unequivocally knowing better, the formerly educated portion of my settler brain still clings to the foggiest of notions of a relatively violence-free discovery. As good as colonisation can get, the fair dinkum Australian version of dispossession mate ship and stuff. Two cultures meeting on a beach one fateful day, having a bit of a chat, so these are kangaroos, are they fucking grouse, maybe inventing beach cricket in the afternoon over a barbecue, and then mysteriously, for reasons still unclear, one of those two cultures just starts vanishing from the place. Spooky. This fuzzy version of the past is the one that John Howard, former Prime Minister and patron saint of the Boomers, viciously fought for while in office. Howard, for all his faults, keenly understood the power of history. Who controls the past controls the future. A cudgel to decency, Howard, the Rat King, attacked the emerging black armband version of history that was becoming popular in Australian universities at the time. In it, he saw a threat in the defensive part of his whiteness that needed to take it personally ensured that the bullshit version of the story persists today. The Australia Howard wanted to craft exists on the bedrock of the comfortable, read, inadequate history he was taught at school. We know this because Howard has publicly praised his favourite history teacher at Canterbury Boys High, Frank Driscoll, who just so happens to have written a key textbook for New South Wales history students. It fucking sucks. Here are three excerpts that cut to the core of what was really being taught to Australians. Thank you, Dave Milner. Yes, a round of applause is in order. Very nice. Yep, cool. Now let's wrap it up. 
Congratulations, Dave, on the amazing article, The Poison in Australia's Bloodstream. If you want to listen to the rest of that reading, you can find it at The Shot Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're even hopefully going to be embedding a link to that full reading on The Shot's website. So please look out for that. Oink, oink goes the cross-promotional pig that I am. In fact, I did enjoy cross-promoting that much that I'm going to double dip and play you another sneak peek into our next episode of Welcome to the Future. See, I did the effect that Charles does in those episodes. Lots of fun. The next episode of Welcome to the Future, which will come out on Wednesday the 14th of June, hasn't been released yet because it's not the 14th of June, but you can listen to approximately five to seven minutes of it right here. Make sure that you are following Welcome to the Future and all of the appropriate podcasting feeds. Our is from Rode when we are part of the Iconoclast Network and you are not going to like how I leave this episode on another cliffhanger. Hello and welcome to Welcome to the Future. Future, future. And Charles, lots of stories uh, this week to talk about in the tech world. Um, some of them feel like old stories that have come back afresh. For instance, a giant privacy violation, courtesy of our friends at Tesla. Uh, far bigger than even the one where you could look into Elon Musk's own garage. Mm. Um, from anywhere on the Tesla Yeah, network. so, because I thought that they were just an abomination of privacy from start to finish, but you're, what you're saying is they're even more than yeah, just yeah. an abomination No, of whatever privacy. the level is above abomination, we'll get to that. Uh, also, I've got an update for you on an amazing new device um, from Sony that turns your PlayStation into something that it can already do, but more expensively. Oh, that sounds very good. And I've got an update on Organoid Intelligence. Mm-hmm which you've covered before, as well as a little sneak peek at uh, the latest watch from Google. Oh, what, how, how could that not, not be wonderful? Let's begin after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Charles, you might remember that, um, you know, here in Australia we've had some smaller-scale data breaches, you know, your Medibank privacy offices mm. and so on. Yeah, just 10 million highly personal pieces of medical data on the dark web. Nothing, no biggie. Well, this news story from The Guardian says that um, Tesla's fa- failed to adequately protect data from customers, employees and business partners. They've had thousands of uh, customer complaints about the driver's assistance system and apparently 100 gigabytes of confidential data have been uh, leaked, including more than 100,000 names of former and current employees, including Elon Musk's social security numbers, salaries, bank details, oh. secret details from productions uh, and all kinds of things. Apparently it's the biggest data breach ever, uh, according to European regulators. And uh, if proven, they might get fined 4% of their annual sales, $3.5 billion as a result. 
So wait a minute. So, so why is Europe involved? I thought Tesla was based in America. Yeah, but Europe has proper privacy. Uh, oh, right. Okay, right. Yeah, That's yeah. why it's come through there. And so, for instance, um, if you complain to Tesla, mm. for instance, about there, there were 4,000 complaints about the braking not working mm. and sudden acceleration. So basically the controls of the car fucking up. Mm. They'll, what they'll do is they'll keep your details mm. and they'll be part of a massive data leak. So that everyone gets your details. Ah, right. So it's sort of like a bit of moral hazard there in yeah. uh, in, in discouraging people to complain about their runaway Teslas. Yeah, you yeah. can complain because we're incompetent at um, mm. putting the car together. But mm. what if, Charles, we were also incompetent at looking after your personal data? <laughs> so wait a minute. That means Elon Musk's social security number is, is out in the wild. Does this mean we can apply for loans in Elon Musk's name. I presume somebody did that and that's why he owns Twitter. <laughs> I don't imagine he consciously wanted to buy it. <laughs> right, okay. I, mean, I must say, Charles, you and I, I think there was a point a few years ago where yes. you and I genuinely both, mm. if we'd had the, the, the spare cash, yes. if it hadn't been tied up in podcasting, mm. uh, we would have liked to have bought a, tel- a Tesla. Like they, they were, I test drove one and I was blown yeah, away. I thought yeah, it was incredibly that's cool. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's not something that you would think. Anymore. It's not something no. you would even vaguely consider. Yeah. Like it, it's not even the the massive mm. incompetence with with the privacy and all. Yeah. This. It just I just don't trust a car run by Elon Musk mm. to not fuck up. You can't even run Twitter without fucking it up. I don't want to drive my family in an Elon Musk quality assured product. But it's also a bit like buying a VW in 1939 or something, isn't it? It's, yes, it's a sort of. There's a sort of Nazi component to the whole, you know, Elon Musk vibe. I don't know why you're saying, just because in the past week he shared uh, on Twitter a a video questioning uh, trans women's rights. Like Mm. why would you think that Elon was somehow, you know, imposing his fairly noxious views on the rest of us? Well, doesn't he want to make it illegal for for people to um, transition or something? Like like it's quite – like – and it's about jailing people who want to transition and stuff like that and, and all the medical practitioners involved in that. It's I just, mean, you wouldn't want to th- be mm. throwing people who disagree with you into jail. That wouldn't be fascistic at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, point is though, Dom, just getting back to the data privacy, mm. I think it's very – I think this is a real breakthrough that now if you buy an appliance like a car or yeah. a fridge, you've got to also worry about the – the privacy implications of that. You can't just, like, when I bought my Mazda, you know, 15 years ago, mm. there was no universe in which you go, oh, I bought a Mazda, now I, I've got to be worried about that it'll keep tracking me and then, <laughs> you know, like my car will be able to see into my garage and then it'll get leaked to the dark web everywhere I've been. Now that's just de rigueur. Yeah, because yeah. your car didn't connect to the fucking internet, which which at one point seemed exciting. Yeah. I, mean, I remember when, the, when this all started, it seemed mm. as though what an amazing world we're living with connected fridges and connected mm. cars. Everything will just be part of this amazing, they called it the Internet of Things, Charles. Yes. And now it's the Internet of Massive Privacy Violations <laughs> and, and Cyber Surveillance. Yes. So... Somebody should write a book about that. It could be called Surveillance Capitalism. They could. Yeah. They could. Yeah. The great thing is, though, that Elon Musk is at least caught up in it. Yeah. I, the thing that would have been most galling is if Elon himself had somehow been been quarantined. Like in much the same way that most of us on Twitter have to write something that's popular and have everyone share it for it to be viewed. Whereas if you're Elon, mm. you just buy Twitter yes. and get your engineers to just redo the codes that everyone sees every one of his fucking stupid <laughs> meme tweets about Dogecoin. Yeah, I, I muted Elon Musk 
the day he took can over. You, can you do that? Yes, I did. Yes, it it totally works. I I have a Elon Musk free Twitter experience. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, it does mean you're on the list, though. Probably. Yeah. Yes, I probably. You'll be in jail alongside everyone involved yeah. in giving, you know, trans people their rights. Luckily for all the criminals, haha, I've got you because my credit rating would be so low that you won't be able to take loans out in my name. Haha. I've already tried, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.